Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the beautiful studios of Relate365.com. Wait, you did it wrong. I know, it's because I said .com that time. I know, you're not supposed to. At the beautiful studios. Did you just give yourself a different position here or what? I'm the .com guy. Sorry. Hey, this is Jason and Dave on Relate. I can't even do it now because I I, messed up my emotion. Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, we threw a curveball at him. He was expecting a fastball. All right. Hey, this is Jason and Dave hanging out at the beautiful studios of Relate365.com. On the beautiful grounds of Silver Birch Ranch in northern Wisconsin. I apologize for all that if you're listening to this. Yeah, me too. Because Dave likes his dot-comness, and I was just going with the flow. I'm the dot-com guy, so. Really? You, you take that away I from me. I thought there was another dot-com guy. No, I'm the guy. I <laughs> do the dot-com stuff. And. <laughs> if you take that away from me, I am losing part of my identity. I'm sorry. So I'm, I forgive you. It's okay. Okay. I'll get over it. We also have Todd on the show. I have to go to counseling, today. but I'll get over it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are your counseling. I know. So we'll have a session right here. That's right. Right here, right now. That's right. I put the offer out. Who's Todd? Todd. Todd. Hey. Yeah. I've been on the show a few times. Okay. So Todd's our buddy. He's I'm back. here. Todd's it's it, it, it's kind of two against one, though, because I'm the only older guy here, and you two are younger. How old are you, Todd? 27. And you are? 34. There you go. So you're you're close in age, but not exactly. How old same. are you? I am 63. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Where's your cane at? Unfortunately, I do have two of them. <laughs> I'm just teasing. They're, they're waiting. I have them labeled. You do for, have a nice cart outside. Yeah, though. in case of an emergency break glass, I have the cane behind the glass and just take it. <laughs> <laughs> Is so it I, the cane from Citizen Kane? I don't know what that means, but yeah, probably. I don't know either. Yeah, I'm Citizen, just heard that phrase Citizen from your, Dave. I've only heard that phrase from your uh, generation, so I was asking a generational question that yeah. clearly you have no well, nothing about. I don't. Okay. Last program, though, I do know about because we were talking about when you guys fell in love with your wife. We had a good discussion on that. And I, I, when did you fall in love with your wife? Ooh, I, good I, question. I'm still working on it. Oh, okay. Hmm? Because, again, what we ended up saying is there's a love is a strange term in, in the English language. And you think that you fall in love at a certain day in history because of the way you feel or because the way songs are written. Yeah. It's or the, true. Or the way somebody says, Do you love me? And you're sitting there thinking, is that what you want to hear? Was it a bit? Can I ask you a question? <laughs> sure. So, as we as we get dive back into the discussion, just when you guys were young and, and into the dating scene, did you guys like date? Like, was that a normal thing? Yeah. So, was it a big deal to drop the L word during your generation? Is that how they called it? Like, I, I love you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Was it like, oh man, he? You know how old I am. I can't remember if it was a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> He's older than our ages combined. Like I know, yeah. I know, I know. When I was younger, it's like, oh, yeah. it's like that's commitment. Did you, did you drop the L word? Like, yeah. Holy cow! This is gonna yeah, be serious. That's kind of weird because I would still say, "What does that mean?" Well, I know that, and that's what our discussion is about. But it, every, <laughs> we've been having this discussion, and it kind of popped in my mind. I was just curious if that was your generation. I'm sure too. I told her that I loved her, but I, you know, I'm, honestly, I'm you know, I'm a ponderer, so I like thinking things. I, love is really it's always been about a commitment. We're we're told to love our enemies. This is something we could do to anybody. Mm. Mm. You yeah. can love anybody. Right. So you're, you're really commanded to love your wife. I know all the ladies are going, you just put wife and enemy <laughs> in the same sentence. Well, we have one word for love in English. That's right. And aren't there three words? There are. There's at least three. At but least, yeah. One, one of the things that I just find interesting, though, is 
when you get married, when you decide that somebody's going to be a part of your life for the rest of your life, this isn't an arrangement. And if you've heard me talk about this, I've, I've talked about it a lot. Arrangements can be broken. This is a commitment to each other because you're going to grow. That's the realistic part of it. And if you're going to grow, you're going to change. Yeah. You can't stop that. So you guys have young boys that are growing right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. So as they grow, do they change? Oh, big time. Yep. So if you told them they could grow but not change, is that even possible? No. No. Example A. I mean, if, if your wife, if my wife, if you're listening to your lady, your husband is going to grow, and he should be, and they should be, they're going to change. So if you love the person that they are right now, mm-hmm. who are they going to be 10 years from now? That's the question. Yeah. Now, you as husbands, you're two young guys, so... Here's what I would tell you. You're setting the atmosphere for what 10 years from now is going to look like. Yeah. That's your responsibility. So with your children, with your wife, you're setting the atmosphere. Here's, here's where the growth is going to take place. Here's what we need to talk about in our family. Here's the direction we, we have. When I grew up, um, I understood the focal point of my family. It was a very clear focal point. Our family was going to serve others. My dad was a pastor. And we were going to serve others. So when I got to be a freshman in high school, you serve as a, a leader for youth club. You were going to serve at camp all summer. Uh, you were going to show up at church when nobody else cleaned the bathrooms, and you're going to clean them. Uh, you're going to shovel walk in Chicago. You're going to shovel the snow off people's walks that need it. They can't do it themselves. And you're not going to get paid for it because we're going to tell you to. See, our family, I, I honestly knew what we were about. If you were to ask me, what is your family about? Um, I would tell you we're about serving. That would come out. Yeah. It's not that I even embraced it or agreed with it. It didn't really matter. Right. That's what we were as a family. Hmm. We were about serving. I've challenged people that are, uh, have kids a little older than your guys to ask their kids to describe what their family's about, and they come back to me totally embarrassed. Hmm. Yeah. Because their family, their kids would say something like, we're about money, man. You know? And they're going, where'd you get that? Where'd you get it? They live in your family. Yeah. You know, we're about dad's job. We're about pleasure. We're about TV, t- you know, whatever. We're about <laughs> Disney Plus. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think that it's really important that you as young fathers and husbands, you realize there's going to be changes in the next year, two years, five years, ten years, and you orchestrate it. Yeah. Make sure that things are intentional, little, little by little by little, so that the change that happens is a healthy change. That's what you're committed to. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you were only committed to the, the lady you married, how she was when you got married, well, everything's changed. You now have children. You're not, I mean, everything has changed. She's not the same person. You're not the same person. Somebody needs to be orchestrating how this works. Right. And I think that God made you as the husband's the guy that does that. And it's not something you should just say, accidentally, I hope this happens. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, intentionally. Uh, when I look at our lives, my, my dad led by serving. Mm-hmm. So I could never say he had to even teach me to serve. He led by serving, and he expected me to do it with him. Yeah. So I grow up. I'm still serving. My kids are serving. I expect them to serve because that's what we do as a family. So just kind of an interesting thing. On, on, if you didn't hear the, the last program, go back to Relate365.com. Dot com. Oh, no, I, I'm the dot com guy. You took guy. my part. 
Oh, brother. This is going to be an ongoing discussion. But head over to Relate365.com and you can check out yeah, the previous You episode. did it now. This is going to get ridiculous. <laughs> well, you're, you're a different... I didn't want you to forget. Okay, thank you. <laughs> well, let me ask you. In, in life, what we're talking about love, love is not necessarily a moment in time. It's really a commitment. Right. So this commitment then is over a span of lifetime. Right. And, and it really involves a lot of little decisions on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's not like one time where you got it. Now you, you know, one time I brought her flowers. That's it. Mm-hmm. Or um, one time where you tell your wife I love you, and the rest of your life you don't have to say that because after all it didn't change. So no, there's commitment on an ongoing basis. Right. Mm-hmm. So is that true in every other area of life, or are there moments where you say <laughs> I've arrived? No, I think it's in every area of life. You know, I mean, we. Um, had briefly kind of talked about this on a different one of the episodes there. I mean, Christians like to throw out the word like, oh, that's legalistic. Right. But there are people, you know, in corporate America that are doing these things that look, you know, legalistic to people that don't don't understand. Like they know what they're about. Okay. You know? So like exercise, you know, you don't just go to the gym once and you're in shape. Like you have to be intentional. Really, really. really. Hmm. So I think it's the same thing with loving your wife. It's not like you said you just Okay, so are you flowers. in shape? I mean, I like to think I'm in decent shape. Oh, what does that mean? <laughs> I have a shape. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Jason and I have shape and you are in decent shape. <laughs> yeah, are you in shape, Jason? I'm in a shape. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> you. You know, it's kind of interesting again, exercise. It, when are you finished with exercise? Never. Yeah, never. So if you say that you're trying to be in shape, or whatever, that's a process that never ends. Correct. Because if you stop, are you still in shape? Yeah. You're, you're still us. And even while yeah. you're exercising, are you in shape? Yeah. And if I told you, I, I'm going to go over to the gym. I'm sorry. Today I'm going to take eight hours. So, you know, I've been in, neglecting exercise for a while. So I'm going to spend eight hours working out. I'll be in shape by the end of the day. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We can, we can, we can sell tickets, <laughs> but don't people don't people say that about relationships? Oh, okay. Let's. I'll I'll go do this with you on a vacation. We'll be okay, right? Mm-hmm. Really, you're not okay. Mm-hmm. Again, it's the little things. You want to be in shape. You got to go make a commitment to on a regular basis doing something. Yeah. Um, I actually, Linda totally, and I, yeah. uh, we went and bought years ago. I have a a decent elliptical in my basement and a really cheap, cheap um, weight machine. Because I don't need to lift heavy weights anymore. I don't need to do that. But moving weights up and down once in a while, we don't really work on it a lot. But this time of year, where it's you can't really be outside and you, you can't, know, yeah, you, you can't ski yet outside. Yeah. You can't exercise, and it's really ugly outside right now and and dark early. And you get home and it's already dark. And I still want to exercise. Hmm. So because it's a process. Now it's, I've thought at times I don't use that all summer. Just what no. Because it's part of a process. In the summer, I'll be outside, you know, doing things. Um, I think we have to look at certain things as as this process. And the question I would have for you guys is, do you understand the importance of process? And do you have processes in place? So when, if do you think being... Right, yeah, that intentionality. Right. Do you think yeah. being in shape is important? Yeah. Okay, so what are you doing about it? I'm exercising... At least three times a week. Okay, well, so your goal. Well, well, with kids, you know, sometimes it's twice or whatever. Okay, but, but your goal. <laughs> you're right. Uh, your goal yeah. is. Yeah. Three times a week. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you have any goals? My goal is to do it at least once or twice a week. Okay. And and really, <laughs> your long-term effects will be tied to that faithfulness of those things. Right. And then you add, uh, now, you guys, you, you eat healthy, don't both of you eat healthy? Yeah. Sure try to, yeah. Yeah. So but what I'm does that here mean? in front of you. What does that mean? <laughs> what does it mean to eat healthy? What do you eat that's healthy? What What do you stay away from? We stay away from processed foods. My um, my wife um, worked for a CSA farm getting organic vegetables, so we tried to do a lot of organic things, a lot of produce. Um, yeah, basically just minimal unpackaged stuff, and my wife makes a lot of stuff from scratch too. So Okay. And you do the same? Similar. How do you guys know that organic is better? I mean, where do you get this information from? The interwebs. <laughs> my my wife does a lot of research on that kind of thing. So. Okay, right. do that's we know, me delegating. Is it reliable? Um, or are these organic farmers telling you that you know all the research tells you you should well, eat organic? A lot of a lot of the research my wife has found is from very very credible doctors. Okay, um, doing research on yeah pesticides and all that stuff. But well, somehow it makes sense to me. I mean, just without any research. Mm-hmm. It kind of makes sense that if you eat food the way it's meant to be, right. that, that makes sense. So mm-hmm. right. I'm not arguing with you. I'm just wondering where that comes from. But if you're not eating vegetables, any vegetable is better than no vegetable. Yes. I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how strict are you? I mean, are, are you really strict on your diet? Do you eat sugar, Jason? Yeah. You, you eat sugar. I try to not eat a lot, but yeah. You will eat sugar. I have a yeah. sweet tooth. Yeah, I'll eat. We kind of decided. Um, that especially when we go places we are not gonna let trying to eat healthy compromise relationships like if we go to somebody's house and whatever they put on the table we're eating that's not going to be something that we're gonna let come between us and people but uh you know is that hard though because here's why i say that if you were to come to my house i know that you guys eat organic and you eat certain way my wife would go nuts trying to make sure that we have the right food she might even not invite you over <laughs> for fear that we would have the wrong food. You see what I'm saying? Cause I, and I went through so, this. So what was the question? Do we... S- yeah, I mean, do you find it uh, difficult? Because when I, when, I, when I had a heart attack years ago, di- a diagnosis one, and I went in and I, the doctor gave me a certain diet. There were 11 things I was not supposed to eat. Yeah. And I, I was very strict on those 11 things. And when people would ask me about the heart attack and that kind of thing, and, and they'd say, what's the treatment? I said, well, loving things. And they would always want to know what they were, and, and I really didn't want to tell them. Mm-hmm. Because this they was would a, feel judged? Well, no, I think, I think this was a diagnosis for a very – I think all bodies do things differently. For example, the first thing I was told not to eat was potatoes. Right. Hmm. Well, there's a lot of people that can eat potatoes, and potatoes have some real value. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's just right. with my blood work and the way I'm made – so I didn't want to tell people number one was potatoes and have everyone go, oh, we can't eat potatoes. Nobody eat potatoes. It's like right. most of the Irish people would be dead. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, that did happen. Yeah, well, <laughs> now, now that you mentioned it. Uh, however, you know, the thing that really drove me nuts after a while was whenever I went to eat somewhere, they were so paranoid about making sure that I ha- didn't eat those 11 things. And, and it was like, 
I didn't feel comfortable anymore going because it was like I'm forcing them to rethink everything. Yeah. And the truth is, since I didn't cheat at home, I was like what you just said. If I go somewhere, I would just eat whatever they put in front of me. Mm-hmm. Because it wasn't like a potato would kill me. Now, right. what's, what's funny is... But the accumulation of making that potato a right. habit... Right, and that's what we're talking about right. here. Yep. The, it, relationships are what's really important, and we need to get our, our lives in line with the uh, consistent procedure that puts relationships where they belong. Uh, so I would say to you two guys, I think you should be in pretty good physical shape, and this is why. You have a family. You have, you have a wife. Um, I think you should have an energy level that can keep up with your boys. <laughs> Uh, and I think that that Agreed. comes from eating right and exercising and and that it's really those small decisions in life that affect a lot of the big stuff in life. Uh, it's kind of like when I talk to college students. Have you ever noticed how so many college students are just tired? Yeah. yeah. What's the solution to that? Sleep. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like a college student. <laughs> Don't you think they need to look at their processes a little bit and say, mm-hmm. you know, why am I tired all the time? Mm-hmm. And it could be for various reasons. I, you know, one is sleep. One is they could be eating solid sugar, you know, brownies for every meal. Staying up till three a.m. Yeah, I could stay up till three a.m. and waking up for an eight hour eight a.m. Right. class. Yeah. yeah. So taking I mean, a four hour nap when they get back. <laughs> and yet they'll say, you know, I'm just so tired, I can't get my work done. I need to go to the doctor. And it's like you don't need a doctor. You need to look at the processes in life, right, mm-hmm. that are contributing to this. If you're not in the shape you want to be today. You need to look at the processes of life and change them. Um, when, I, I, when I was young, I was in a wheelchair for a while, and I, I had uh, hip operations. And when, I was done, when they were done with the hip operation, I, they had to teach me how to walk again. And I thought that was absolutely ridiculous that you have to teach somebody how to walk again. And I was only 11 years old, but I thought, you guys are nuts. I'm going to hop out of this bed and walk. Mm-hmm. And I hopped out and fell on the floor, and they told me that's why we have to teach you how to walk. You, I said, but it was just one operation. Yeah, but we messed with nerves. We messed with everything. Your muscle memory isn't there. And we have to teach you to walk again. And they promised me it would come quickly. Mm-hmm. And it did. What's interesting about mm-hmm. that is, so the first day I got up to walk, you know, they had bars on each side of me and I was walking. I thought three or four steps was a miracle. Hmm. And if you would have told me that earlier as an 11-year-old boy, that three or four steps would have been something that you would celebrate, I would say, what are you, nuts? Mm-hmm. But now I am celebrating it. The next day, I did way more than three or four. The next day, they, were, they quit the therapy because your body already, you know, the muscle memory went back. It wasn't like you didn't have the muscles there. It wasn't like you couldn't do it. There was just something they did in the operation that caused hmm. Um, hmm. the odd. connection to be odd or something. You know, I don't know what that was. Um, and I think about that in life. I think, you know what, I'm, I'm not very good at certain things, and if I will go out and I will try it, I might still be really not good at it after a while. Yeah. So are you guys hunters? Uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah, 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 I did a lot growing up, and since being in Wisconsin, I haven't really got out, but uh, I'm coming back to it. Yeah, I started last year, and I got a, a doe like within five minutes, and I thought hunting's pretty easy. <laughs> I, and I, I know, and I've been out now Do this year. You still year. think that? No, <laughs> no, I've been out like a lot this year. Yeah, and the deer are making fun of me. They're making fun of me yeah. out there. 
It, it, honestly, I went out there. It, I was out in the woods. We have trails that we clear. We had a storm here, as you know, and we had trails that are clear, and the deer are on the trails. And I thought, you know, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to lay right next to the trail not, behind a log. Just lay there. And I had my bow on the log, and I was laying there with my hand up, and I was just kind of resting. And it, I, this isn't bad. I could hunt for hours, you know, just laying on the ground like this. I'm comfortable. And the, the trouble is my bow was facing, you know, out where the deer would walk by. And yeah. they'd have to walk by for me to get them. And they walked behind you. No, you know what happened? One walked up and, and was about three feet from me, <laughs> to, you know, on my leg side. And started like smelling me and looking at me. And my bow was facing the other way. And I'm sitting there going, hey, how do I spin around fast and get this guy? <laughs> and, and so I didn't do anything. And it just kind of, it wasn't even overly concerned. Just kind of turned and walked away. And by the time I turned around, I couldn't find it. It was in the woods somewhere. But uh. I thought, all right, an experienced hunter, what would they have done? You know, they wouldn't have been laying there probably like I was and locked into a single position. Yeah. Um, and that's what a, a hunter told me. He said, well, you don't lay there and lock yourself in like that because the deer's going to be over to your right or over to your left. Uh, hmm. You know, you'll have to be able to adjust a little bit. Right. Um, I, I think, though, every time I go out, I learn more. Hmm. And I wouldn't consider myself a hunter yet. Right. But the guys who are experienced hunters keep telling me, no, you are because you're in the process. You know, you're. You've gotten one deer in your life that qualifies you as a hunter. And now you're learning how to do this. And all of them told me the same thing so far. We're all learning. And then a real hunter would say, well, you didn't even gut the deer. so." No, I didn't. Oh, I did. No, I did. <laughs> I gutted it. He showed me how. I had to have somebody show me how. Oh, but, there you go. but he wouldn't do it. He just showed me how to cut here or do this. So yeah. I, I did gut it. And then I dragged it. So I have all that wonderful experience. <laughs> um, but, but now, it, it was a doe. Now my goal is I like to get a buck someday. And not because I think that's better or not. I just, I got a doe. Let's try get a buck. I mean, mm -hmm. let's do the next step. And I'm trying to figure out how to, like, set up my yard, my backyard. Yeah. Because I'm at the edge of the forest. So we had this windstorm go through. So I'm trying to figure out. The whole point of this is there's a process in place. Right. I don't need to spend time feeling badly about the fact that I'm not, that I didn't bag a deer yet. I'm in the process of learning how to hunt. And I need to allow myself the privilege of doing that without saying, this stinks, I'm never doing this again. And really, I've come home several times, and, and my wife has said, did you get one? I said, no, and I'm not going out again. <laughs> and the next day, and she right. goes, you'll yeah, be, right. You'll you know? be out tomorrow. Yeah, and the next <laughs> day I'm going, I'm going, dear, I'll see you in a little bit. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. Um, however, I think life is like that. There's processes that are in place. Uh, I would encourage you two guys every year, this is something I've done for many years now, pick something every year that you don't know how to do and learn to do it. Hmm. I think it keeps you humble, and it also allows you to go to other people and kind of subject yourself to them. Yeah. Hmm. Um, last year, I wanted to trout fish in the, the streams around here, not in the Wolf River. I wanted to trout fish in all the little trout streams that I could find. Yeah. And I knew a lot of them because I used to go out in the woods a lot, so I knew where they were, but I never trout fished in them. So I called a guy that knew trout fishing. I had him come up and spend some time with me. It's a real humbling experience because you don't know anything. Mm -hmm. You're going, how do I get the trout in there? You know, I know on the Wolf River you can use a fly. You know, I mean, I learned that the year before that was my goal on the Wolf. Now I wanted to do it in the middle of the woods. And, and you know, I caught 
uh, enough trout and actually took a couple guys out and taught them how to do it. And it was a fun year. And I'm, I still would not consider myself an accomplished trout fisherman in the back streams. But I learned something. I was able to subject myself to other people. I was able to teach other people even how to do it. And the guys that I taught, they went out a lot, and they got really good at it. Hmm. They're beyond me already on the backstream trout fishing stuff hmm. uh, because they continued to take what I showed them and learn on it, and they were bringing in some big brown trouts. and some. I mean, they got quite a few of them. Um, and I was pleased because, now that was, you know, so this year again, it's I want to I want to at least get to where I can get a good shot at a buck. So I'm working on that. Yeah, and again, so I'm going to people who know how to do it and saying, "Would you help me?" Um, I want you guys to be in the habit of going to people. I don't care what age they are that know more than you and saying, "Would you help me?" Mm-hmm. I think it's really good for young men, especially, to put themselves in that position. It keeps us right on track as far as growth, development, excitement. And when somebody comes to us someday and says, would you help me? We, we kind of, we can relate to that. Right. And we don't know everything. So set a goal, process again, process. Exercise process, love process, fishing process. Um, what other things in life are processes? How about finances? You guys, uh, do you have, are you, if I asked you, are you financially set? What would you say? Uh, it's a process. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, same. <laughs> so do you have a process in place? Yeah. What do you do? You each have a budget. Yes. Yep. Okay. Now that was not rehearsed ahead of time, so I didn't know where you were going to go. <laughs> um, I mean, my wife handles you know our finances, but you know we have savings and we have like emergency funds. So you have a plan. Like, yeah, we have, yep. and it's not perfect. And like you, like you know, Jason said, we're you know working well. Yeah, it's process. We're kind of like you say, working the plan while we make a better one. Yeah, you know? the, the fun thing for me is to look at you and say, okay, when I asked if you're financially set, see, again, it, it's like, do you love somebody? What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Financially set, the, the truth is nobody knows what tomorrow brings. Right. So there's nobody in the world that can say, I don't care what tomorrow brings, I'm that, I'm, I'll be set. Yeah, something crazy could happen in the world. Currency could be like, Hobbit coins or yeah. something. Or yeah. like Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys have Bitcoins? I don't even know. what. I, mean, I, 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 I heard about my, it for like three weeks. Yeah, I can't even <laughs> get my mind around Bitcoin and how people mine for it or whatever that is. So yeah. no. I, don't, I don't even know. Obviously, I haven't paid. So that must be the generation beyond me, maybe. I don't know. It could be. I don't know what they're doing. But people, uh, I, don't no idea. I don't even know what I'm talking about, so I won't talk about that. <laughs> Hence. <laughs> Hence another direction. Well, I don't have any. But but the idea of being financially set to me is not um, the idea of, of not having to worry about money. Not That's not it. It's do you have a plan with the money you have now? Mm-hmm. And, and when you're a Christian, you can go to the Bible and you can learn about what does God say about money. And you can adjust your life to that and you can get used to doing that. And that's the process that will keep you healthy. Mm-hmm. And I think processes are important in that we align our life with truth you know and so like you do these things you're going to be better for it that kind of a thing so and you're not legalistic if you keep to a budget right right so well that's all the time that we have for um this show so i encourage you to head over to relate 365.com you almost missed it and check out I our miss <laughs> this podcast and others dave does a beautiful nighttime 
uh, show, and I say beautiful because good he, evening. He talks in his nice, deep, booming voice. Come and join me while you're trying to sleep. So you can actually uh, take advantage of his voice because it does put you to sleep. Um, I don't know if that's a compliment or not. But I, I'll take it as one. All right, fair enough. Or you can head to your favorite podcasting site and download Younger and Older and keep up on all of our new shows. But, Todd, thanks for joining us again. This is Jason and Dave here on Younger and Older. We will see you here next time. Take care. Bye-bye.